Is there now a magic pill for COVID-19? I'm not talking about a drug that is unproven and untested. It's a pill by the pharmaceutical giant Merck. As one expert put it, we're talking about a return to, maybe, normal life. One Seattle couple was part of Merck's trial. They both got COVID this past summer. The wife, a certified nursing assistant, was showing the worst symptoms. Looking for anything to help, they said yes to this clinical trial. She felt better within days. Both were back to normal in two weeks. Merck says this pill could reduce the risk of hospitalizations and death by half. The trial data will soon be on its way to the FDA. This may be the pill that we've been waiting for. We're tired of COVID. We want nothing less than normalcy. But no matter what happens, we can know that our God is in control, and he has shown us grace in Christ. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, where we get to share together the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series this week called Your God, My God. What's in a name? Shakespeare waxing eloquently as he pondered the power of a name in Romeo and Juliet. Of course, he was contemplating roses. Would they smell any sweeter with another name? An age-old question that's hard to answer. But when we read the Bible, names often mean something very profound. Today, we're continuing in our series in the book of Ruth. And we'll see how the names of the characters, from Elimelech to Boaz to Ruth, all have something to add to the story. And of course, we'll see how it all points to the great story about Jesus. I know you'll be blessed to hear it, so please stick around. And after the program, I want to give you a chance to share the great story as well. When you make a gift to our ministry, you'll partner with us to keep sharing the story of Christ with millions. And as a thank you, I want to send you the Case for Christ DVD. It's the story of Lee Strobel, who wanted to prove Christianity wrong. And he used his investigative skills as a journalist to talk with all sorts of experts. And it doesn't ruin the fun of watching the movie to tell you that he ultimately came to know Jesus. I know you will enjoy watching it. Even more, it's a great DVD to share with skeptical family and friends to start conversations about Christ. So after the program... Just call us. Make a generous gift. We'll send you a copy of the DVD, The Case for Christ. And let us know if you'd like to make an extra gift to send a copy directly to a skeptical friend or family member. Our number to call after the program is 800-654-2836. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch a little bit from the movie and make your gift on our website, at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's get started. Here's Graham Kendrick with a song that I think you'll recognize. God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform He plants His footsteps in the sea And rides upon the storm Deep in unfathomable 
treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Take courage now, you fearful saints. The clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. And I will trust the hands that made the starry heavens. And I will trust the wounds of Calvary. I will trust. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind the frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. God Moves in a Mysterious Way. Graham Kendrick opening this haven today from his album, Keep the Banner Flying High, a program called Your God, My God. I'm Charles Morris. Every year, the list of most popular baby names changes slightly. So far in 2021, Olivia is the most popular name for girls. Liam is the boy counterpart. In 2020, the top names were Amelia and Oliver. And next year, it'll probably change again. Names are important, wouldn't you say? They identify us. They're part of who we are. As modern people, we often choose names for our children based on what sounds nice to our ears, or who in our family had this name before us. In ancient Israel, however, names had even more depth than that. A name was given because it meant something. We can think of Ichabod in 1 Samuel 4, which means the glory of the Lord had departed. 
That little boy was given his name because he was born on the day the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. His name had a clear meaning and purpose. And as we look at the book of Ruth, we see more names that help us understand the story. First is the name of a city, Bethlehem, house of bread. But here's the irony. There was no bread in Bethlehem. We read in Ruth 1.1, In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab, a famine in the house of bread. This begins a desperate situation in our story of Ruth. What would you do if your family lived in a place where there wasn't any food? You and I would probably leave in search of a better life, wouldn't we? And that's what this family in the story did. And there was a problem there, though. No Israelite was to leave the promised land. After all, this was the land that God had given to his people. So leaving was turning your back on the Lord's promises. Basically, Yahweh had brought his people into this place where he would dwell with them. But this family decided they wanted something better than that. Which leads me to the second great irony in the book of Ruth. The name of the husband and the father was Elimelech, which means God is king. But was he? Elimelech didn't act like it. God is king, but I don't trust him. The Lord rules, but I'm going to do things my own way. And that's what Elimelech did when he took his family to Moab. And then things got worse. His two sons married Moabite wives, which would have been shameful to an ancient Israelite family. And what sons they were. Their names were Malon and Kilian, which means sickness and annihilation. I don't know about you, but I've never met anyone with a name like that. And I'm guessing I never will. But we find out that these names were very fitting for those two boys because they soon died, along with their father, Elimelech. And so, Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah were left widows. As we talked about yesterday, Oprah went back to her people and her gods. But Ruth chose Naomi and Yahweh, the Almighty God. She was converted. Naomi's people would be her people, and Naomi's God would be her God. Now, isn't that beautiful? One of the themes of Ruth is a Hebrew word, hesed. We've talked about that before. It basically means faithfulness. And throughout this little book, God is seen to be faithful. But it isn't just the Lord who acts with hesed here. So does Ruth. She is incredibly faithful to her mother-in-law. The God of Israel had gotten a hold of her and her heart. And so Ruth went into the unknown, penniless, even homeless. Those two widows traveled back on the long journey to Bethlehem because the Lord had blessed his people, and the house of bread had bread once again. But when they arrived and the women of the city saw Naomi, they were shocked. These ten years she spent in Moab and the loss of her husband and sons had apparently taken quite the toll on her. The other women barely recognized her. She even wanted to change her name. Naomi means pleasant, 
but she wanted them to call her Mara, which means bitter. And why? Because the Almighty had made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. But as we will see, God wasn't finished in his kindness to her. The Lord still had more hesed in store, just like he does for you and me. This helps us remember that our lives are not controlled by chance or fate, but by the hand of a loving Heavenly Father. We can look at our own lives, and sometimes it can be bewildering, even overwhelming, even devastating. But there's an old Christian word that we need to remember. Providence. God is in control of everything. He still rules His universe, even when we wonder if He is at work. The Lord will accomplish His purposes in the big and the small things of life. As a pastor said a few weeks ago, and I quoted him yesterday, some Christians love to talk about what's spectacular and unusual, as though these things are somehow more spiritually authentic than the humdrum reality of daily life. But what Ruth, this book, is telling us here is that what's baffling and thorny and ordinary and mundane is just as much a part of God's providence. And it's the same in our lives. You and I often don't know what God is doing, especially in the bad times. But he is still working. And Ruth helps us to remember that. During the times of the judges, almost everything was going wrong in Israel. Sin and idolatry, oppression, even famine, sickness, and death. But through the tragedies of this one family, the Lord worked, and he used them to bring the Messiah into the world centuries later. Here's something to remember about this story. If there were no Ruth, then there would have been no David, and there would have been no Jesus. But those two widows could have never expected that God would use their pain and their fear in such a way. But he did, and we see God's providence and Hesed very clearly as we read Ruth chapter 2. Chapter 1 is full of tragedy and sin. Naomi leaves in pleasantness and returns in bitterness. These two widows had nothing to their names and no family to help them out. Would they go hungry and starve? No. Chapter 2 is a story of bread and grain and eating and being satisfied. And there were leftovers even, more than either of these women could have imagined. Ruth went out to glean in a field that was being reaped or harvested. Reaping a harvest was hard, backbreaking work. And behind the reapers, there would always be the poor, gleaning, picking up the scraps. God's law told landowners and reapers to leave some of the crop behind. So Ruth was following behind to get enough food for her and Naomi to survive. She had no other choice, and this is what she had to do to survive in this new place. And there we see more evidence that God never stops working behind the scenes. In Ruth 2, 3, we read these words. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz 
who was from the clan of Elimelech. The Hebrew here is a little strange. We could literally translate it as her chance chanced upon the field of Boaz. The author of Ruth is making a point. It seems like a random choice to her, but God in his providence was directing her steps. The Lord himself is the one who had chosen this field for Ruth. And what does this dirt-poor Moabite widow find in this field? I'll tell you what, grace and mercy. You and I will see more specifics tomorrow, so please come back. But for now, it's enough for us to realize something. What we have here in Ruth chapter 2 is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. We find a poor, estranged, helpless widow who is dependent on someone else for her survival. Or perhaps we could say for salvation. And then we have Boaz. His name means in him is strength and how strong he was, a wealthy landowning Israelite, someone who feared the Lord and, oh, by the way, was unmarried and from the clan of Elimelech. And Yahweh just so happened (laughs) to bring Ruth into his field. You can almost hear and see the author winking as he writes this, can't you? I can. The Lord was in control. That's one of the main points of Ruth. In the big as well as in the small, the good times as well as the bad times, God's providence reaches us all. And what do we receive from his heavenly hand? Salvation. Weak, helpless sinners are brought into the field of the ultimate strong one our Savior, Jesus Christ. And from him, we receive unbelievable grace and mercy, just like Ruth received from Boaz. What a story we find here. What a God. What a Savior. Why don't we take a moment and pray together right now. Lord, from this story of Ruth, the gospel according to Ruth, we can be challenged We can see the beginning of a redemptive road that took place in ancient Bethlehem to Moab and back to Bethlehem again. Thank you that we could see how every single name recorded in the book have meaning to us today. And how this lineage that started with Ruth marrying Boaz kept going on and on and on to King David and then on and on and on to our Lord Jesus Christ. To see how a Moabitess could become the grandmother by many generations of our Savior, the Messiah. What a story for us to take to heart today. What a story for us to see that when we have no bread, it is God who supplies our bread. I'm thankful for that, and I thank you now We thank you that we can mine the depths of your Old Testament and see how they lead to the New Testament as the great story of redemption is played out in front of us, including our lives today. Lord, keep it coming. May we never forget. May we never quit learning. And we pray this now 
in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. Caleb and Casey here on Haven Today. Great is Thy Faithfulness from their hymns album. I'm Charles Morris on Haven Today. Thank you for joining me. What's in a name? I used that old Shakespearean phrase when we started our time together, and we discovered in the book of Ruth today, those names have powerful meanings. I find it quite interesting how the Holy Spirit wove real people with real names into a real story that they so appropriately fit into. Now, that's powerful storytelling, a story only God can write. To see God's hand of providence in Ruth's life is stirring. And I think that's what I so much enjoy about Lee Strobel's conversion story. 
He was a man whose name was known for hard-boiled journalism. He had won awards for investigative reporting, and yet only a sovereign god could use those skills to lead Lee to investigate Christianity. Of course, he thought he was going to disprove it. But God was doing a greater work of redemption and mercy in leading him to Jesus. I want to send you this true story called The Case for Christ for Your Gift to Haven Today. I know you will be encouraged as you watch Lee's spiritual journey to Christ, but don't miss this unique opportunity this movie can give you to talk about Jesus with skeptical family or friends. Invite them over, grab a pizza, enjoy the movie, and ask the Lord to open doors to talk about faith and Jesus Christ. So I encourage you to call us right now. I encourage you to be as generous as you can, but ask for a copy of the Case for Christ DVD. Call us right now, and that number again is 800-654-2836. 800-65-HAVEN. And let us know if you'd like to send another copy to someone that you love and care for. We can do that for your gift and ship it directly to them. You can also give by visiting our website, haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, watch the movie trailer. Check out the extended interview I did with Lee on our Great Stories podcast. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, we'll return to the gospel according to Ruth. And we'll do this in light of the great story. That's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. As he walked into the city of Athens, Paul saw so many statues and temples to those Greek gods, Athena, Zeus, Apollo, the big names to be sure. But he also saw a statue to the unknown god, Now, many of us would hear that and immediately think idolatry. The Athenians needed to be convicted of this sin. Maybe, but Paul took a different angle in Acts 17. He said, so you do not know the very thing you worship. And this is what I am going to proclaim to you. The unknown God is knowable. Put away these known gods and worship the one who has made himself known. How? In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Let Anchor Devotional help you spend more time in God's Word. Visit GetAnchor.com.